On today's episode, why is there MAGA? Four years ago, right around this time, COVID was raging, and I said the Democrats had to nominate Bernie. I said we needed a counter-revolution to the Trump revolution. We needed to reclaim the workers. I said the Democratic Party was perceived as out-of-touch elitists. We needed to reclaim not just the working class, but people who have fallen through the cracks, appeal to America's better angels the way Bobby Kennedy did. I said, that's how you win big. And I said that the way to beat MAGA is to address the Americans who have fallen through the cracks with real populism, not the faux populism that gives rise to fascism. That's what Viktor Orban, that's what Donald Trump uses, faux populism. Instead, my party chose Biden over Bernie, and I got in line, and so did Bernie. We all got behind Joe Biden because we know that he would be much better than Donald Trump. And while Joe Biden was not my first, second, third, or fourth choice. He has gotten more done for the working class and the people falling through the cracks since any president since Lyndon Baines Johnson. Joe Biden has temporarily lifted more people out of poverty than Lyndon Baines Johnson. And yet, I sit here this morning looking at the polls that seem to suggest that Trump is capturing way too many members of the working class and the lower middle class. Now, I've become very protective of Joe Biden. I think his age is an asset. I miss my grandfather. Yeah, he was a little slow as he got older, but I would love to hear him talk and give me advice again. Joe Biden is our grandfather, and I am getting very protective of him. Our economy still doesn't work for everyone, but that is not Joe Biden's fault. That is Donald Trump's fault. Pay attention to what's going on in Congress and the control that Donald Trump has over these MAGA Republicans who try to block everything that's good for the working class and the people falling through the cracks. MAGA Republicans have been fighting Joe Biden every step of the way to make sure that he can't do enough. And yes, a large segment of our population is suffering. And I'm worried that they are going to believe the lies of Donald Trump because we are all working incredibly hard and don't have time to pay attention. So we fall prey to the big lie, the big lie coming out of the Republican Party. And I worry that too many MAGA Republicans are believing what Donald Trump is telling them instead of seeing with their own eyes 
what Joe Biden is actually doing for us. Biden's poll numbers are cratering, not because he isn't delivering. We have the strongest economy we've had for 60 years and 60 years, not for everybody, but it is by all yardsticks, the strongest economy we've had in 60 years. And yet Biden's poll numbers are cratering because he can't compete with the big lie. The big lie. Are you MAGA? When you meet someone who has the incontrovertible evidence proving Trump is a liar and a criminal, do you find yourself dismissing them with the TDS is very strong with this one? I hear that a lot from Trump supporters. The TDS is very strong with this one. In case you're fortunate enough never to have met a Trump supporter, TDS stands for Trump derangement syndrome. Do you find yourself shouting, let's go Brandon, as slang for FJB, which stands for F Joe Biden? That's the hobo code for exclusive members of the MAGA fraternity whose perks include being able to blame everyone else for their own misfortunes. Do you think you sound learned when you proclaim with supreme certitude that taxation is theft? Then you might possibly be MAGA. Have you ever used the term fiat currency while demanding we audit the Fed without really knowing what any of that means? Then you just might be MAGA. Do you think Trump's tariffs on China came out of China's pocket? Do you think NATO countries pay dues to either NATO or America? Do you dismiss anyone who disagrees with you as a hair-sniffing pedo? Do you accuse Democrats of being jealous of Donald Trump's immense and non-existent wealth? Have you ever called someone a libtard or a snowflake who sheds liberal tears? Can all your problems in the world be reduced to DEI and the LGBTQ because you are a POS? Are all powerful black women thugs? Do the words diversity hire drip from your tongue alongside your acid reflux-infused drool? Then you most definitely are MAGA. Do you oppose government handouts by preaching personal responsibility while sitting in the drive-thru because the walker is in the trunk and it's too embarrassing to crawl into Wendy's for your mid-afternoon snack of six double patty baconators with a tub of cheesy fries on the side? Then you just might be MAGA. Have you convinced yourself that the lowest unemployment rate in 60 years is a lie because Joe Biden's economy has made it impossible for a homophobic racist like yourself to find a job? Then you could possibly be a MAGA Republican. 
Are you convinced that guns keep you safe, even though there is not a single shred of evidence of anyone ever preventing a home invasion, a mugging, or a mass shooting with one? Then you might be MAGA. When presented with evidence that the states with the laxest gun laws have the most gun homicides in America, is your immediate response, what about Chicago? Not knowing that Chicago is a city, not a state, but that Illinois has a much lower gun homicide rate than Texas, Florida, and all the other right-to-carry states, then you might be MAGA. When you're told 50,000 Americans die each year from gun violence, is your automatic response, yeah, but how many of those are suicides? As though there's no correlation between mental illness and gun violence. Then you, my friend, are probably MAGA. Do you insist that Donald Trump is innocent because he didn't rape Agent Carroll? He only sexually assaulted her? As though there's a difference and sexual assault is better than rape? Then you just might be MAGA. When it comes to personal finances, are you unaware that you owe more than you own? In other words, do you blame the homeless for falling through the cracks while you only see the house and car you think you own and not the massive debt that's about to make you homeless because you're unable to service it? Do you obsess with public schools teaching critical race and the LGBTQ agenda because fighting the woke agenda is the only way to get involved with your child's education since you're too stupid to help them with their algebra homework? Then you just might be MAGA. Do you find yourself saying parents should have more say in their child's education even though you dropped out of high school to have that child? then you're probably MAGA. Are your bowels leaking while you insist the nanny state is trying to infantilize Americans by demanding we no longer subsidize the dairy, pork, and chicken industry? Have you stopped kissing members of the opposite sex because there isn't a mouthwash strong enough to mask the stench of bile heaving from your gut? But you still insist America's for-profit healthcare system is the best in the world? Then you, my friend, might be MAGA. Are your teeth falling out, but you blame government red tape for making a visit to the dentist unaffordable? Do you blame big government because the DMV took away your driver's license after you failed the eye exam because you can't afford to see an optometrist? while at the same time oppose universal health care, especially eye care, because if you ever get around to paying your taxes, you don't want to end up footing the bill for someone else's eyeglasses, then you probably are MAGA. On today's show, we get out the jeweler's loop and try to locate and then examine the MAGA mind that believes the big lie. The big lie. Joe Biden's having a tough time competing with Donald Trump's big lie. This 
is the mop-up for February 21st, 2024. I'm David Feldman. Thank you for finding me. Please like this episode so I remain in your feed and share it with like-minded people. I'm coming to you from New York City. Now, roughly 15 years ago, on the heels of the financial crisis, we saw the not-so-spontaneous emergence of the Tea Party. And we can trace MAGA's roots to these very same dullards who proudly exclaimed, (laughs) this is what they used to scream, get the government's hands off my Medicare and Social Security. Not ironically, they would proclaim, get the government's hands off my Medicare and Social Security. I thought they were joking. Now, the Tea Party was manufactured by the Koch brothers. It's astroturf. It's fake and phony. The Tea Party was fake. Working with former congressman-turned-lobbyist Dick Armey from Americans for Prosperity, they would find idiots with no money, no education, and bust them into Washington, hand them signs, T-shirts, and costumes to fight Obamacare while calling for tax cuts, not realizing in so doing they were depriving themselves of the very social services they were so desperately in need of, especially free mental health care and free tuition at all public universities. They would really benefit from seeing a a doctor, a psychiatrist or psychologist, and free tuition at uh, public universities. Instead of being smart, Obama, they said, was Hitler because he was a socialist and Nazis called themselves national socialists. They did because, like Trump, Nazis were phony populists who tried to trick the stupid into not believing they were fascists. Like Trump, they were trying to be everyone Everything to everyone. So they called themselves socialists. They were anything but socialists. In fact, it was the socialists who ended up in the concentration camps next to the Jews, gypsies, and homosexuals. But Obama was a Nazi, they said. Why? Because the first thing Nazis did, they insisted, when Hitler came to power was... Give everyone free health care. It's uh, pretty funny. That's what they said. They said the first thing Hitler did was give everyone socialized medicine. The (laughs) The uneducated, the stupid, the illiterate, and ignorant were used back then as speed bumps to slow down Obama's agenda for the sole purpose of protecting the wealth of our richest 1%. Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, Fox News convinced these, let's be polite and refer to them as low-information douchebags, that forbidding healthcare companies from denying you coverage because of pre-existing conditions was exactly what the Nazis did. That's what Hitler did. He made the insurance companies... Insure people even though they had pre-existing conditions. Once 
Obama became president. Republicans went all in on Hitler and kept labeling every government program the Democrats promoted as something the Nazis did. The first thing Hitler did was regulate the banks. The first, the first thing Hitler did was grant citizenship to the children of migrants. I'm not making this up. Around that time, Oklahoma tried to outlaw cockfights, and a Republican got up in the state legislature of Oklahoma and said, on my life, look this up, the first thing Hitler did when he took power was outlaw cockfights. Republican voters were simultaneously dumbed down and brainwashed into fearing Nazis so much that they ended up actually electing one in 2016. And yes, I'm not going to tiptoe around this anymore. Trump is a Nazi. And if you don't know that Trump is a Nazi, you just might be a MAGA. MAGA, the Tea Party, America Firsters, They're all the same. Stupid, frightened white people who think government is the enemy because there seems to be too many black people working at the post office. The post office, by the way, is a great American success story. It lifted hundreds of thousands of black Americans into the middle class, and it's very effective. I mean, you know, you mail a letter, it gets there which is why Republicans loathe the post office. They hate a government success story and they hate to see successful black people. Now, I love the post office. Every time I go to the post office, the first thing I think is, I wish they ran our health care. Anyone who says the lines at the post office are too long and everybody working at the post office is lazy, anyone who says that is probably a racist. Corporate America is terrified of the post office. They have been trying to cripple the post office for decades. They will not allow the post office to do banking for underbanked people in rural areas because corporate America has said we can't compete with the post office. The inefficient government that they claim that they can't compete with. That's why Trump put Louis DeJoy in as postmaster general. I have no idea why Biden hasn't fired this corporate Trojan horse. But To Biden and the Democrats' credit, the post office no longer has to fund its pension something like three centuries into the future. So it's almost, almost becoming profitable. That was this trick that the Republicans played on the post office, making it fund its pension 50 years into the future. So it was saddled with this responsibility and it was hurting the post office. But Biden fixed that. Who cares if the post office is profitable? The the post office is our nation's infrastructure. It's the same as our bridges, our roads, our public schools. It what it's what keeps our economy growing. 
So what if the post office comes in a billion shy each year? Do you have any idea how much the post office adds to our GDP? But you hear MAGA constantly saying the government can't do anything right. Look at the post office. Anyone who says that is stupid and racist, which is redundant. So... You can't have the Tea Party, the America Firsters, or MAGA without stupid people. For the same reason, you can't have fascism without the stupid. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I I read you his quotes. Fascism, among other things, is the triumph of brawn over brain. And those who emphasize brawn over brain are stupid and dangerous. I keep getting complaints. Stop calling MAGA voters stupid. They're just going to double down and want to vote for Trump even more. I got news for you. Nothing you can say will stop them from voting for Trump. They're not not going to vote for Trump. Do you know why stupid people are called dense because they're impenetrable. Trump voters are the reason the terms blockhead and cement head were invented. You cannot get through to them. So, I'm trying to fish in other waters. I'm trying to reach people who are considering a vote for Trump because they come from some deep red fecal-stained part of Alabama or North Dakota, and they don't know any better. That's who I'm trying to reach. The young voter who has a sneaking suspicion his parents, his friends, teachers, and everyone around him is a moron. That's who I want to talk to right now. Now listen, young easily impressionable white American male voter from Shitstain Falls, Iowa. Listen to me. There are two tables in the cafeteria where you can choose to sit. Do you want to sit with the scuzzballs who chew with their mouths open, spray food and fart when they try to talk? Or do you want to vote for Joe Biden? Come sit with us. I'm not going to say we're the cool kids, but unlike the other table, we're kind, we don't bite, we're understanding, we're not afraid of being a little nerdy and nebbishy, and yeah, some of us might be queer, but don't worry, it's not catching. Now, let me talk to young, impressionable female voters. Do you want to date a MAGA vulgarian or someone who votes for Biden? Just talk, I'm not talking about, just talking about your personal life, who you want to be around. Do you want to date a MAGA vulgarian or a man or a woman who votes for Biden? Who do you think is more likely to respect your boundaries sexually and emotionally and most importantly find your clitoris? Angry, racist men with a chip on their shoulders 
are dangerous. They're not the marrying kind, and they know they're not the marrying kind, which is why they're so angry, and eventually they're going to take it out on you and try to convince you that it's your fault. Now, I've done an entire video this month on all the Trump White House men who have been arrested for sexually or physically assaulting their wives and girlfriends. Go look up that video and watch it. MAGA is the party of rape and spousal abuse because Donald Trump is a rapist. Don't ask me. Ask Judge Lewis Kaplan and the jury in the E. Jean Carroll trial. Donald Trump is an adjudicated racist. Do you think it's safe? I'm still talking to the women who think they might vote for Donald Trump. Do you think it's safe to date anyone who sees Donald Trump as a role model? As my sister and Republican Senator Mitt Romney said, why would I vote for a rapist? Why would you vote for a rapist? You're a woman. Why would you vote for men or self-hating women? Why would you vote for anyone who wants to force you to bring a rape baby to full term? So sit at our table. Vote for Joe Biden. Vote for the Democrats. It's much safer, and you'll be surprised to find out that it's a lot less work. You see, that's what a lot of people don't understand on the other side. Being stupid is a lot of hard work. It's easier to be a Democrat. We live longer. That's a fact. People who live in deep red districts are fatter, have more diseases. They live shorter, more uneducated lives than people who live in deep blue districts. That's not elitism. That's survival. So do you want to be MAGA? That sounds like a much harder life to me than embracing community and the social safety net of each other. It's a lot easier to recognize we're in this together, to lean on others. If you're thinking of being a MAGA Republican, if you're thinking of being part of this, take a good look at them. It's not a party. It's a cult of personality and not a particularly good one. It's a religious cult with no holy books because the followers are just too stupid to read them. In fact, there's not even a platform. The Republicans no longer have a platform. There was, and you can look this up, there was no Republican platform back in 2020. Look it up. And there's not going to be one in 2024 because Trump is the platform. The Republicans have become the party for people who are too stupid to understand policy. So their politics are just Trump. Their politics is the deep, dark state is coming for Trump. 
So it must be dismantled. Republican policy is whatever benefits Donald Trump. MAGA is more of an identity than an ideology. The same way the Tea Party was just a rancid, unattended porta potty of stupid people. Now, a lot of the early Tea Party people like to show up dressed like Sam Adams in tricorn hats to look like one of the American patriots who threw tea into Boston Harbor. And because they're stupid, these Tea Party Cretans didn't know that Sam Adams and his revolutionaries dressed as Native Americans the night of the Tea Party. The Tea Party was a costume party. Sam Adams and our founding fathers didn't even have the courage of their own convictions to take responsibility for tossing the tea into Boston Harbor. They needed a scapegoat, the Native Americans. They wanted the British to blame it all on Native Americans. What a dick move that was. But if you're a member of the Tea Party or MAGA, why would you be expected to know that? Why expect you to know anything? Or why would you know that the Tea Party wasn't a protest against taxation? It was a protest against not enough taxation. Let me repeat that. The Tea Party wasn't a protest against taxation. It was a protest against not enough taxation. It always amazes me nobody ever asked Sarah Palin or Ginny Thomas or Paul Ryan about this when they embraced the Tea Party to justify tax cuts for the wealthy. Did I say embrace the Tea Party? I'm sorry, I meant create the Tea Party. You see, little history here. American merchants threw British tea into Boston Harbor because that tea wasn't being taxed. It was British tea not being taxed, whereas tea sold by the Dutch was getting taxed. The Boston merchants were rebelling against mercantilism or a modern-day British monopoly. They were unable to sell Dutch tea. They, they could only sell British tea because British tea was cheaper because it wasn't being taxed. And it didn't need to be taxed because the British government already owned a huge chunk of the British East India Company, which was selling the tea. American merchants, the ones who dressed up as Native Americans for the Boston Tea Party to throw that tea into Boston Harbor, they hated the fact that they were forced to sell only British tea because British tea was artificially cheaper than Dutch tea because Dutch tea was getting taxed and British tea wasn't. Are you able to follow this, my MAGA listeners? The entire purpose of the Boston Tea Party was for British tea to get taxed at the same rate as Dutch tea. It wasn't no taxation without representation. It was no taxation without more taxation. But why would I expect anyone who's stupid enough to dress up like Sam Adams to protest Obamacare 
to know that. Or to know that in order to be historically accurate, they should dress like Sam Adams dressing as a Native American. No tricore hat for the Tea Party. More of a headdress. I know, I shouldn't be doing this because talking this way makes Trump voters feel stupid. And we need to tiptoe around their white fragility. We must honor their insecurities so as not to have them dig in their heels like a spoiled child and become even more obstinate and want to vote for Donald Trump even more. Well, my Democratic friends, I don't care. You don't win elections by currying favor with the stupid. You win elections by reminding Americans that Democrats are not the party of dumb. Democrats are not elitists. We know we don't know everything. We know we probably don't know anything. So we're willing to learn, change, and evolve. Look at me. I hated Joe Biden. I wanted Bernie. I evolved. I held my nose and voted for Joe Biden because I was flatulent on election day, so I had to hold my nose. But I voted for Joe Biden. I've come to love Joe Biden because I love America. And I've become very protective of Grandpa Joe. Uh, That's what a Democrat is supposed to be, capable of change, capable of learning. But the people who gravitate to MAGA, they just hate feeling stupid. And instead of bettering themselves, they gravitate to Donald Trump, who hands the Tin Man a diploma and calls it a brain. Again, if you want to dress up like the people who threw tea into Boston Harbor, they were dressed as Native Americans, not patriots. In fact, some of them wore women's clothing that night. Seriously. There was a lot of cross-dressing for the Boston Tea Party. Look it up. And I'm starting to think they called it the Tea Party because the T stood for transvestite. Our founding fathers were cross-dressers. Now, the quintessential problem with MAGA is their propensity for violence. When you try to reason with a stupid person, eventually they become violent. It's why Trump rallies are peppered with the banality of violence and the trivialization of death threats. Trump will pretend it's kind of funny. He pretends it's professional wrestling. He loves professional wrestling. He loves the simulation of violence because he's not willing to participate in actual violence unless he's raping a woman. But his lover, his lovers, his, well, his lovers, his followers adore violence in all its manifestations. And he encourages stochastic violence, stochastic terrorism. 
He loves the violent. He used to say we love the uneducated. Now he loves the violent. As when he said, for example, during a presidential debate, as when he told the the Proud Boys back in 2020, stand back and stand by, something like that, right? They said, they asked him, will you renounce the violence of your supporters? And he said, who, what, huh? And then he said, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. And it sounded like a slip up. But after he lost... The leaders of the Proud Boys ended up serving 10 to 20 year seditious conspiracy sentences for January 6th. So Trump is a rapist. A jury said so. But he would never be violent with another man because he'd get his ass kicked, which is why he surrounds himself with other violent men who are willing to get violent with other men. And they also get violent with women. Watch that video. One of the founders of the Proud Boys, Gavin McInnes, also founded Vice, the big website. It's a pretty good website. He's, they cut him loose. No idiot he. Gavin fancies himself a humorist. The Proud Boys literally started the same way Donald Trump's political career did. As a goof, I'm showing you a headline from the Daily Beast. It's from two years ago. Penn State cancels comedy show featuring Gavin McInnes after campus protests. So Gavin thinks he's funny. And he, he's not an idiot. He helped found Vice. And uh, there's something wrong with him, but he's not an idiot. Uh, he started the Proud Boys as a goof. The same way Donald Trump's political career started, as a goof. Trump didn't think he'd get elected president. There was nobody more surprised on election night 2016 than Donald Trump. And Gavin, when he started the Proud Boys, didn't think involuntary celibate men on the Internet would use the Proud Boys as their call to arms. He had no idea. But angry, lonely, and dissatisfied losers took the Proud Boys and turned it into something Gavin never could have imagined. The same way MAGA far exceeded Trump's expectations. Trump was trying to pay off those Russian oligarchs he stole from. He wasn't trying to win the election. But it was Steve Bannon who saw the Proud Boys that was Donald Trump's campaign manager, and recognized the power of those online forums and the rage inside the incel community. And he tapped in to the incel community, the involuntary celibate. That was Steve Bannon's work. And they became the muscle of the Trump administration. And we saw them out in full force on January 6th. Unlike Trump, Gavin McGinnis, to his credit, kind of walked away from the Proud Boys, bemused at what he wrought. He walked away from it. He didn't owe money to the Russian mafia the way Trump did and still does, which is why Trump embraced MAGA 
the involuntary incels. He saw them as just another group of unwashed, brain-dead saps he could suck money out of. Trump will sell anything he could get away with. His grandfather was a pimp, and Trump is just following in the family business. Trump would sell herbal weight loss drugs if he weren't clinically obese. He would sell anything. As it already is, this is quite a stretch for Trump, who is now selling sneakers. In fact, that's the only stretching this out-of-shape pumpkin has done in the past 50 years. Not an athlete. But he will sell anything if someone's stupid enough to buy it. Rat-infested condos spray-painted with imitation gold leaf. $2 sneakers spray-painted in imitation gold leaf sold for $800, but you can buy it on Timu for $16. Steak, cologne, even a university. And all of it worthless. But long ago, Donald Trump realized you can jack up the price on gold-plated garbage so long as you're marketing it to Americans with zero discernible taste. That's what Trump does. He markets gold-plated garbage to Americans with zero values. And those are the people who vote for him, people with zero values. They, they have no concept of what anything or anyone is worth because they have zero values. They think he's a Christian. They wouldn't know a Big Mac from a sirloin. They wouldn't know Jesus from Satan. They wouldn't know a Jim Jordan from a Jamie Raskin. They think Jim Jordan is Jamie Raskin's intellectual equal because they have zero values. They have no idea what anything or what anyone is actually worth. They have no idea that the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, went to law school but failed the bar and cannot practice law, whereas Democrat Jamie Raskin not only passed the bar, but in his spare time teaches constitutional law. Trump voters have zero values. They don't know the difference between a Jamie Raskin and a Jim Jordan. You can take a Trump supporter, have him bite into a freshly caught trout, and then have him bite into a piece of shit, and they wouldn't know the difference until Trump told them the shit was worth 10 times as much as the trout, in which case the MAGA Republican would spend their entire life savings stocking up on Trump shit while insisting... They can't make ends meet in this Biden economy. I can't make ends meet. 
The identical people who think Trump sneakers are worth 900 bucks and they insist will triple in value by next year are the same stooges who think as president Trump built the wall, got Mexico to pay for it, grew our economy and didn't kill one million Americans by crapping the bed on covid. I love how MAGA Republicans use COVID as the excuse for Donald Trump's failures. It's not fair to judge his economy against Joe Biden's because Trump had a deal with COVID. That's like saying it's not fair to say Jim Jordan can't practice law. All he did was fail the bar. That's not fair. I mean, if he passed the bar, he could practice law. That's the only reason he can't practice law. He failed the bar. He's Jamie Raskin's equivalent. So don't say Jim Jordan isn't a real lawyer. He didn't pass the bar. That's it. That's not fair. Trump, they say, would have had a successful economy, but for COVID. He crapped the bed on COVID, you idiot. You don't give Trump a mulligan because of COVID. You blame him for one million dead Americans because he crapped the bed on COVID. And truth be told, before 2020, when COVID hit, when you're talking about the economy, even before COVID, Trump took Obama's economy and slowed it down. Obama had tremendous job growth and the GDP was growing. And then Trump immediately cut taxes for the wealthy. And before he gave us the greatest economic downturn since the Great Depression, Donald Trump had already begun to slow Obama's economy down. Job growth was diminishing. The, the growth of the economy was diminishing. And then 2020 came around and we had the worst recession since 1929. Now, if you're a Trump supporter, after all this, what can I tell you? You're stupid. But Trump people will say to me, then how come so many rich and well-educated people are voting for Trump? Because they know you're stupid. Because you're going to vote for Trump and he's going to give the rich and well-educated people more tax cuts. Why you drown in more debt. That's why rich and well-educated people with no morals vote for Trump. Because you're stupid. Now, let me just try to explain this, my MAGA supporters. There are two types of Trump supporters. Uh, 99%, 99.999999% of Trump supporters are you, the great unwashed MAGA crowd. And below you are the handful of rich, educated MAGA bottom feeders. That's what I call them, the MAGA bottom feeders. They're the well-heeled elitists who live underneath, mocking you below your bellies. I'm I'm talking about Steve Mnuchin, Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, Wall Street hedge fund managers, 
They are the MAGA bottom feeders lounging way below the MAGA crowd, getting fat off you, off your crap. They eat your crap. The MAGA crowd, you go with the current and you are fed a steady stream of lies and you crap out votes and, of course, money, tax cuts. And the bottom feeders quietly eat it all up and they get fatter and fatter while you struggle. So, what is my advice to my listeners? Because there's no talking. I have Trump listeners, but there's no talking to them. So, what is my advice to my, my real listeners? Well, between now and Election Day, get one other person on the fence to vote for Joe Biden. Find the people who are genuinely on the fence. You know, a lot of Trump supporters play at being independents. Suss them out. Don't fall for that. They're, they're, they're a time suck. They live for trolling you, pretending they haven't made up their mind. Never argue with a MAGA, a MAGA troll, because that's all they have. All they have is their hatred, bigotry, and false sense of superiority that comes through living vicariously through Donald Trump. That's all they have. And they live vicariously through Trump by trying to make you cry. To better understand the MAGA desperation, here on the East Coast, there have always been third-generation profligates who squander their family fortune. These are the grandchildren of wealthy industrialists who grew up surrounded by abundance, but not their own. It was grandpa's, and he paid for their lavish homes, educations, and vacations. And these third-generation wastrels were born with a sense of entitlement. Many of them went off to good schools, and because they didn't know the meaning of hard work, Instead of getting a good education at these excellent schools, they joined the right eating clubs, the right fraternities. They hired people to take their tests and write their papers and convince themselves of their own superiority based on the wealth they were born into as opposed to the future wealth they otherwise would have to earn. Because these wastrels squandered their education, they are left with no choice but to come out of these schools convinced it's who, not what, you know. They gravitate to other non-serious members of their economic class who, because they too are third-generation wastrels, proceed to squander whatever fortune an opportunity that has been bequeathed to them. Soon the money disappears as the marriages fail, child support, taxes, gambling debts, and back alimony go unpaid, while their American Express cards and line of credit are completely maxed out. But... They still consider themselves upper class. 
they identify as upper class. How couldn't they? They see themselves as upper class, but they lack the one thing that allows them to be upper class, and that is money. So they medicate their denial with drugs and alcohol, and of course, blind rage, great way to self-medicate, blind rage, while their debt mounts, and because they went to the finest schools and were raised in opulence, they couldn't possibly lower themselves to get a job beneath their perceived and self-deceptive status. They still think certain types of jobs are beneath them. They were born emotionally stunted, and now they're financially stunted, and it doesn't end well for these broken people. And in many ways, that's exactly who these MAGA voters are. They weren't born into a wealthy family, usually, but by virtue of being born white, they consider themselves to the manner born. Some of them might have a sense of entitlement that stems from that one year when they earned six figures and thought, well, that's who I am. I'm the guy who earned six figures in one year, even though it's been several years since that one year that I earned the six figures. And of course, I forgot to pay taxes on those six figures. Doesn't matter. They're still convinced that they're the guy who earns six figures a year, even though it happened once a long, long time ago. They have this sense that a six-figure salary is now owed to them. And they, meanwhile, complain about the social safety net, how they don't want to pay taxes, which they don't, They don't want to pay taxes because people of color and the migrants want handouts. At the same time, these MAGA Republicans are whining because everything isn't getting handed to them. Where's my six-figure job that I had 10 years ago? These are the people who feel they are owed a living. MAGA, this is where the rage comes from. They're the ones who feel they're owed a living. They claim they're all about personal responsibility, but only when it comes to others. When a MAGA voter's life heads south, it's never their fault. It's the fault of the diversity hire who took their job. The MAGA voter is identical to that third-generation wastrel I was just talking about. But instead of their sense of entitlement flowing from being born into wealth, their entitlement basically stems from being white and male. And when they discover being white and male no longer cuts it, that nobody's interested in paying them what they think they're worth, and even worse dating them 
nobody wants to date them because they're zeros. And because they lack emotional and intellectual resources to do anything to fix their financial, emotional, and sexual predicament, these MAGA Republicans look for a leader like Donald Trump to tell them, it's not you, it's them. And them can be anyone. Usually there's a flavor of the day. Them can be anyone just so long as it's never a MAGA voter. Voting for Trump is a counterfeit absolution of personal responsibility cloaked in personal responsibility. It should come as no surprise that Trump loved owning casinos because it's literally taking money from idiots. Trump voters are the same people who walk into a Trump casino convinced it's the height of taste and sublime elegance. They walk into a Trump casino because they've been tricked into calling gambling gaming. It's not gambling. I'm gaming. They have no idea the odds are stacked against them. Instead, they're brainwashed into believing gambling is all about personal responsibility and betting smart, when in fact, there's no such thing as a smart bet. The casino always wins, but they don't know that. MAGA voters are every chain-smoking cab driver who picks me up and takes me to the airport in Las Vegas. And when we start talking, he insists he's a professional gambler. And the only reason he's driving a cab is to get out of the house. Sure. There are very few professional gamblers. I know with poker, you can be a professional gambler. The amazing thing is the casino always wins. And yet the genius Donald Trump has owned, what, 15 casinos? And they all went belly up. The MAGA voter insists they don't want anything from the government, even though they couldn't live without it. Remember I told you about the Tea Partiers who said, get the government's hands off my Social Security and Medicare? Uh, As Donald Trump said, I love the stupid people. Uh, He said the uneducated, the uneducated. Uh, When you talk to a MAGA voter, if you go over their finances and you tell them they're broke, they become indignant. The truth is most of these MAGA voters, like most Americans, have nothing. Uh, But what MAGA Republicans do, unlike Democrats who have nothing, uh, MAGA Republicans do creative bookkeeping in their heads, just as if they're Alan Weisselberg, Trump's old CFO, prepping the Trump Organization's financials for another much-needed bank loan. These MAGA Republicans, see, everybody's broke, everybody's struggling, Okay, but the MAGA Republicans believe the big lie 
because they lie to themselves. They have credit cards that are maxed out, but their mom has a $300,000 house that they're convinced is worth a million dollars and they're going to inherit it. This is the bookkeeping they do in their head. So they're pretty much millionaires. That's what they tell themselves. It's only a matter of time before they inherit mom's $300,000 house that someone told them is worth a million dollars. So they identify with real millionaires, even though (laughs) they have no cash and would never be able to afford the upkeep on that house, which they expect to inherit as they wait for their mom to die not knowing she's leaving it to her favorite nephew. That's who the MAGA voter is. We're all struggling financially. Democrats who vote for Joe Biden know what the situation is. MAGA Republicans who are struggling financially believe the big lie because they lie about their own finances. The MAGA Republican figures it's just a matter of time before mom dies and I get my hands on that $300,000, 1,200-square, one-bedroom, half-a-bath house sitting by the highway that my Uncle John told me is worth a million dollars. Just need mom to die. Then I'm a millionaire. Just need mom to die. That's why they're anti-vax and anti-mask. The sooner mom dies from COVID, the sooner they get the $300,000 house that Uncle John convinced them is worth a million dollars. They have themselves convinced it's they're millionaires. That's the difference between someone voting for Joe Biden and a MAGA voter. The MAGA voter thinks it's just a matter of time. And then I'm going to be a millionaire. Whereas the people who vote for Joe Biden are saying, help me, help me. That's who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Most of the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th were broke and broken white men who had a sense of privilege. They still thought, uh, you know, I'm white, I'm male, I'm straight, I'm Christian. This is my country. And, you know, I'm still better and superior to those who are beneath me. And I won't admit it, but I get enraged to see people who are beneath me who are living so much better than I am. People who are beneath me, people of color, the LGBTQ community, they all seem to have nice cars and they live better than I do. But I'm better than they are. I was born white and male and Christian. This is my country. I want my country back. It's the great replacement. And those migrants, the Democrats are letting all those migrants in to replace me even further. The great replacement theory. 
There's a fabulous disconnect among Trump supporters. It's fascinating. I've read about them. They are in debt, but self-medicate by only counting what they own, not what they owe. They lie to themselves, and they're susceptible to the big lie. They only count what they own, not what they owe. Just like Trump. Just like Donald Trump. He only counts what he owns, not what he owes. He's the king of debt. He always, always owed more than he owned. That's who the MAGA voters are. They delude themselves, like Trump, into thinking they're wealthier, smarter, and, of course, more entitled than everyone who is passing them by. Ashley Babbitt, the horsed vessel of January 6th, who was shot to death crawling through a window trying to get at members of Congress, has become a MAGA martyr. She served our country and then came back to America, and she ran a swimming pool company. And because of bad luck, her swimming pool company went underwater. And like any MAGA voter, she became delusional and still fancied herself an entrepreneur. She wasn't an employee. She was the one who did the hiring, even though there was nobody to hire because there was no longer any company. And by attaching herself to Donald Trump, she was endowed with a false sense of superiority and entitlement. She identified with the stolen election lie because she believed her business, her pool business, was stolen from her. I'm not a loser. It was stolen from me. And that's what's so appealing about the stolen election lie. I'm not a loser. It was stolen from me. Well, stolen or not stolen, you're still a loser. Donald Trump is a loser because he lost and he went out kicking and screaming. He still lost. He didn't get back into the White House. He's a loser. And the bills pile up because these people are delusional. And Trump is able to offer them an alternative universe where you get to blame someone else for your bad luck, someone else to blame for your inability to compete in the marketplace. You blame the woke libtards, the snowflakes. You got fired from your job because they took away your freedom of speech to use the N-word in the break room at work. They fired me because I used the N-word in the break room. What about freedom of speech? As I said, we're all struggling. This economy works for a rare few. But Joe Biden is growing this economy from the bottom up. He's only had three years. It takes time. Joe Biden is a good man. And he's a good father. And MAGA voters are too stupid, too broken to understand what a real loving father is. They never had one. 
and they certainly don't understand how an economy works. They certainly don't understand the real reason they're getting left behind. Now, I said at the top of this show that I find it dispiriting that the Democrats are losing the working class vote, that the Democrats are being perceived as elitists. And the Democrats brought this on themselves by electing elitists, out-of-touch elitists. But Joe Biden, because of Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, is moving further and further to the left as much as he possibly can when you have people like Manchin and Cinema in the Senate and traitors, Republican traitors, in the House. Uh, if this economy isn't working, if you're able-bodied and under the age of 50, there are a lot of job openings. Now, a lot of it is part-time. And, and so there, there are a lot of job openings that pay really nice hourly wages, but it's not full-time. So it's, this is, there are problems with this economy. But I suspect most MAGA Republicans who say they were doing a lot better when Donald Trump was president, they were never doing better. Nobody wants to hire them. Nobody wants to hire anybody who isn't willing to take responsibility for their own mistakes. Margarita, it's always somebody else's mistake. It's the black lesbian's mistake. It's Biden's fault. It's the Democrats' fault. It's all the handouts to people of color that cause the inflation that's making it impossible for me to make ends meet, even though I seem to have plenty of money for guns, drugs, and gambling on the Super Bowl. No, it's the fault of the migrants, the Mexicans, the Arabs, and of course the transgender feminist Jews. The big lie. It is really hard for Joe Biden to compete with the big lie. What Trump, what Trump <clears throat> does to a person like Ashley Babbitt or any of these January Sixers and MAGA voters, what he does is he channels their financial immiseration, their subconscious sense of inadequacy, and he transforms it into a swirling vortex of confusion and rage. And the next thing these people know, they're getting shot to death crawling through a window on January 6th. So, once again, I know we have some MAGA people watching because they love to write me. And I know the regular listeners to my show have written and told me they used to have MAGA people in their lives and uh, they still have to deal with them. Brothers, fathers who used to be, you know, Kennedy liberals. Here's what I've come to learn with MAGA. And maybe this will help uh, some of my listeners who are trying to maintain a relationship with these poisoned people. They are poisoned. Uh, they've been poisoned by Donald Trump. Uh, lead, it's all about leadership. There's no 
there's no Nazi, no Holocaust without Hitler. You know, it's, we're, we're all looking for leadership. And Trump brings out the worst in people. Not everyone, but enough. The sad fact is there's no changing these MAGA Republicans. Uh, they are the abusive boyfriend, the abusive father, the abusive co-worker, the abusive friend. They're abusive because their world is shrinking. And it would be so nice if they were who you thought they were or were who they used to be. But they're not going to change. And they're not your responsibility. And my advice is to stay safe by staying away from them. Smile, but don't talk politics or anything with them. All they have is lashing out. Walk away. And my advice is it's okay to be angry with them and sometimes hate them. But the best way to defeat and protect yourself from them is to spend an hour a week working for the Democratic Party. You don't even need to leave your home. Most of the work these days can be done on the phone or on a Zoom call from the comfort of your apartment. It's gotten really, really easy to get involved and do it locally. Go to your city council meetings, your school, especially your school board meetings, especially the school board meetings, and search out the Democrats and bond with them. They will show you the way. And ask yourself, what do you want? Do you want to defeat MAGA? Or do you want Joe Biden and the Democrats to win in November? I want Joe Biden and the Democrats to win in November. You can never defeat MAGA voters. All we can do is make certain they know they're outnumbered by defeating Donald Trump. Gravitate to like-minded people. There is strength in number. Strength in numbers. And do it in your community. Focus on the local races. And even if you're my sister and Josh Godheimer is your congressman, work for him anyway. Work for any down-ballot Democratic candidate because the left... The anti-corporate left will never be able to take over this party until we have huge majorities in the House and the Senate. Let MAGA be MAGA. I was talking to my sister last night about Trump supporters, and I said, I can't believe how stupid and immoral they are. And she said, really? You grew up in New Jersey, David, and you can't believe how stupid and immoral people are? MAGA will always be with us. They're never going away. All we can do is outnumber them. And we outnumber them by making sure Moms for Liberty 
don't get control of our school boards and are emboldened by squatting out future generations of intolerant, hateful illiterates. Focus on the prize. The prize isn't defeating MAGA Republicans. The prize is outnumbering them. Gravitate to like-minded individuals and stop being drawn, stop them from being drawn into Trump's orbit. I have no intention of converting a MAGA voter. They're exactly like pedophiles in that it's impossible to cure a pedophile. They were born this way, and all you can do is protect yourself and minimize their exposure to you and the community. It's no coincidence that MAGA is obsessed with pedophiles. QAnon was built around this conspiracy that Tom Hanks and the Democratic Party are running an underage sex trafficking ring and Donald Trump was put in office to to root it all out. You'll notice that anyone MAGA disagrees with is automatically called a pedophile. It's projection. And I'm not saying MAGA voters are pedophiles. I'm saying like a pedophile, they're incurable. So don't get near them and warn people to stay away. Again, I'm not saying MAGA's obsession with pedophilia means they're pedophiles. I'm saying their obsession with pedophiles signals that something very, very, very bad happened to them when they were growing up. They were either emotionally abused physically abused, sexually abused. And their obsession with calling everyone pedophiles is a way of subconsciously lashing out at whomever took advantage of them, hurt them when they were young and vulnerable. And Trump tricks them into thinking, I got you now. Nobody will ever hurt you again because now we're the abusers. The same way they block out the fact that they owe more than they own, MAGA Republicans block out whatever abuse took place when they were children, and they convince themselves they're the all-powerful abuser now. And let's go, Brandon. Trump, 2024. F. Joe Biden. We're taking our country back, even though Trump one in 2016, leaving MAGA voters angrier, more aggrieved, with even more liberal snowflakes to deal with. Pedophiles can't be cured, but they can be trained not to act on their impulses. And I believe... Eventually, MAGA voters can also be trained not to act on their impulses by banishing their leader, by locking him up. The entire MAGA movement is about complete and utter lack of impulse control. Complete lack of impulse control, and they're led by Donald Trump who has raised lack of impulse control to an art. Donald Trump is a rapist. He has no impulse control. 
he loses a defamation suit and responds to the loss by going out and defaming E. Jean Carroll again and again and again. He cannot control himself. He has no impulse control. We saw his behavior in the courtrooms. And what his supporters fail to grasp is, yes, Donald Trump, for the time being, gets away with not having any impulse control. But the rest of you who live vicariously through him, you can't get away with it. You don't have Vladimir Putin and Deutsche Bank catching you every time you fall the way Donald Trump does. Trump is their useful idiot. But you, you're useless idiots as far as they're concerned. Trump voters, you've been had. Those gold sneakers sell for two bucks on Timu. Nobody's coming to rescue you. You can remain MAGA, but nobody's coming to rescue you. Nobody, the the January Sixers, they're all behind bars. Nobody's coming to rescue them. Not Trump, not the Republican Party, not Putin. Nobody's coming to rescue you. When you fall through the cracks and live in a homeless encampment, nobody's coming to rescue you. You've been had. Now, here's the difference between a Biden voter and a MAGA voter. Many of us are in debt. Most of us are struggling. Many of us are involuntarily celibate, unable to find a lover. Most of us are incredibly lonely. But we know the solution to this is personal responsibility. We don't blame the woke culture for our inability to get along with others, get out of debt, or our loneliness. And we certainly don't blame the government because we're smart enough to know that the only way to lift ourselves back up out of despair is not through the false promise of hyper-individualism. Rather, it's by working with others, playing well with others, by improving our community, not allowing someone else to suck it dry and then call it the free market. We know better. We know government is the only answer. We don't blame Washington. We try to improve it. We don't storm the Capitol and take a crap in Statuary Hall just because we're too lazy to learn how a bill becomes law. We've learned that politics, just like life, is an exercise in compromise. And getting everything we think we want is never a good idea. We know there's no such thing as a quick fix, that a charismatic God isn't going to drop from the sky to defeat all our imaginary enemies. That only happens in a Greek tragedy, emphasis on the word tragedy. And most importantly, we know that physical violence 
is something to be ashamed of, not celebrated. We know that resorting to physical violence and physical intimidation is the surest sign of mental and physical inadequacy. The right wing right now wants us to believe these nonstop death threats are a joke. Fonnie Willis, they say, is overreacting. You saw her testify last week. Her lawyers were trivializing her having to go rent a condo because of the nonstop racially tinged misogynistic death threats. They mock her fear. And yet the same people who think Fonnie Willis is overreacting are America's biggest cowards. They live in abject terror of getting mugged or beaten up. And because they're too lazy and out of shape to study martial arts or throw a punch, they buy guns, which automatically bestows upon them a false sense of virility. No, you're not virile. You're not strong. You just bought a gun. The same way Trump thinks he's smart because his father bought him a degree from Wharton. So these Republicans trivializing the death threats, they're sitting in their homes cowering, mouth agape, mainlining Fox News, convinced everyone's coming for their stuff. The migrants, criminals, as if a migrant or a criminal, as if they're dying to get their hands on your 15-year-old Dell Dimension 4600 computer that you're on all day calling women who wouldn't sleep with you for a billion dollars a whore and the C-word. And yet, when Fonnie Willis, Letitia James, or the mother-daughter Georgia election workers or the judge, the judge in the D.C. election interference case, all black women, by the way, when they're barraged with nonstop, racially tinged, misogynistic death threats, Trump lawyers, including Rudy Giuliani, dismiss it. You're just overreacting. Walk it off. One of the chief characteristics of fascism is the introduction of violence, as well as the threat of violence, into political discourse. And then, cavalierly dismissing it as though the people on the receiving end of it are paranoid and overreacting. We see this on January 6th with Republican lawmakers who ran for shelter into the warm embrace of our Capitol Police and then immediately turned around hours later and called January 6th a three-hour event. They call it an enthusiastic demonstration that got a little out of hand. They've even compared the insurrectionists to overly passionate tourists who were excited about being inside our nation's capital. The Republican Party in 2022 censured Republican representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for joining the January 6th committee. In their censure resolution that was passed by the Republican Party, January 6th was referred to as, quote, legitimate political discourse. The resolution 
censuring Cheney and Kinziger said that by participating in the January 6th committee, they were, quote, participating in the persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. Legitimate political discourse. This is fascism. The Republican Party has embraced all the elements of fascism. They've introduced violence into our politics, threatening election workers, judges, prosecutors, witnesses, and jurors, and normalizing it as legitimate political discourse. Simultaneously, they dismiss any election they lose as fraudulent. Fascism. We learned on January 6th that false claims of election fraud are what fascists use to light the flames of violence. By late November of 2020, when everyone knew Trump had lost the election to Joe Biden, while Trump was busy screaming election fraud, he held serious conversations in the Oval Office involving General Michael Flynn, Sidney Powell, and the My Pillow guy about ordering the military to seize the ballot boxes. In the lead up to January 6th, Trump was being told to declare martial law. And then there was this. It came from South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman. Ralph Norman. A text message that Ralph Norman sent to Mark Meadows, the Trump White House Chief of Staff. Now, Meadows is a huge problem for Donald Trump, especially in that D.C. election interference case, because Meadows flipped. Meadows is a rat. He always was a rat. And he's become a cooperating witness for special counsel Jack Smith. Now, the White House Chief of Staff sees everything Donald Trump does. He knows everything Trump did. It's the job of the White House Chief of Staff to commit the same crimes that Donald Trump did. That's why Meadows flipped. He doesn't want to go to prison. And he turned over all the text messages he received in the lead up to January 6th. And they are lousy with Republicans calling for Trump to declare martial law. But this text message from Ralph Norman is a lot different. It didn't come before January 6th. It came after January 6th. On January 17th, only 30 hours before Joe Biden was to be sworn in. The text message uh, is, and, and Talking Points Memo got its hands on this. This is from Ralph Norman, Congressman. After January 6th, he wrote this. There is no reasoning with these people. The only solution is to arrest all of them. This is what South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman, who still 
serving. This is what he wrote to Mark Meadows. Mark, in seeing what's happening so quickly, this is hours before the Biden inauguration. Mark, in seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the Dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation, we are at a point of no return in saving our republic. Our last hope is invoking martial law. Please urge to president to do so. All caps. So immediately after January 6th, We had 147 Republicans who voted not to certify the election for Joe Biden. Hours after January 6th. And then two weeks later, they were calling for Trump to declare martial law. Uh, Norman was recently asked about the text message, and he said his only regret is he misspelled the word martial, which he did. It's a joke. Fascism makes a joke about how he misspelled martial law. You're you're overreacting. Despite the insurrection of January 6th, Ralph Norman, along with other members of the Republican Party, were still holding out hope that Donald Trump would declare martial law. Do you see the type of people we are up against? Do you see how important it is that Joe Biden get reelected? And don't forget this guy, Stuart Rhodes, who is doing a 20-year prison sentence for seditious conspiracy. He testified that he helped lead the assault on the Capitol after being assured by someone in the White House that Trump was going to invoke the Insurrection Act on January 6th and declare martial law that would be Stuart Rhodes graduate of Yale Law School and somebody should also get to the bottom of why Sidney Powell Trump's lawyer who was indicted by Fonnie Willis and is now a cooperating witness someone should find out why she was helping to pay Stuart Rhodes's legal fees we are up against Bad people. Just to give you an idea, some of you might remember Eric Prince, the founder of Blackwater. That's the private mercenary army that did a lot of damage in Iraq. He, uh, soldiers of fortune, uh, his soldiers of fortune earned six figures. Uh, they did protection. Uh, you know, we privatized the invasion of Iraq. Uh, It was much more expensive because we used fewer soldiers and more mercenaries, and the mercenaries with overtime end up making six figures. Eric Prince doesn't live in America anymore. His sister, Betsy DeVos, served in the Trump administration as Secretary of Education. She, like her brother and her family, is an abomination. They come from a wealthy family of devout Christian nationalists, who see America in an armed conflict with Islam. And Prince approached Donald Trump when he was president. He said, bring the troops home from Afghanistan and privatize the war. Give me the contract. That didn't pan out. And now, John Schwartz, 
over at the Intercept found this nugget from a podcast that Eric Prince did earlier this month where he called for America to put on its empire hat and start colonizing Africa and South America because we all know how great a job he did doing that in Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm going to play you the clip. It's not a joke. And if so many of these countries around the world are incapable of governing themselves, then, then it's time for us to just put to, just to, to put the imperial hat back on to say, we're going to govern those countries if you're incapable of governing yourselves because enough is enough. We're done being invaded. Because our own national security risk is at stake. Exactly. National security interests are at stake. You can say that about pretty much all of Africa. They're incapable of governing themselves and benefiting their citizens because the governments there are all about looting and pillaging and lining their pockets and going shopping in Paris instead of actually right, hold making on a the second. country hold a on. better People better on the land. left are going to watch this. They're going to say, wait a minute, Eric Prince is talking about being a colonialist again. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Enough. Enough. Okay. And how's that going to work out? America colonizing Africa. How, how many soldiers is that going to take? How, how many people is Blackwater... How many people is uh, are Blackwater going to have to hire to colonize Africa and South America? Just the logistics. Forget the immorality and the racism and the intolerance and the insanity. Give me the ballpark the logistic. How many trillions of dollars would it cost to colonize Africa? But he sounds, you know, pretty confident. This is what we're up against. Well-heeled Republicans who insist war is a constant in nature, so why not profit off of it? How do you get, if you're Eric Prince, you see what happened in Afghanistan, you see what happened in Iraq. How do you get to, we should be colonizing Africa and South America. Uh, stupid, very stupid, stupid people are dangerous. This is what I've been telling you. Stupid people. You can't have, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you can't have fascism without stupid people. And it's not just the the masses who are stupid. Gehring, Goebbels was pretty smart. I <laughs> would have liked to have known Goebbels and I hear Magda Goebbels was uh, quite a host and uh, the Goebbels I I think were kind of interesting speaking of Goebbels Tucker Carlson interviewed Vladimir Putin and after he was roundly criticized the far right defended him And they said, he's a journalist, and CNN is jealous that they didn't get the big interview with Vladimir Putin. Well, I don't think you know what journalism is. Journalism is not offering a platform to a brutal dictator so he can spout lies unchallenged while branding himself a reasonable leader. Journalism isn't interviewing someone. It's interviewing that person 
and then editing that interview down to size while interviewing other experts who can counter what Putin is saying. Meet the press isn't journalism. It's, it's an opportunity to amplify lies that go unchallenged. When, when, when they are corrected on Meet the Press or Face the Nation, uh, they just steamroll over it. That's not journalism. Journalism isn't throwing your microphones open to mass murderers so they can spread lies. It's why CNN did such a disservice in 2016 when it stopped whatever it was doing because Trump is about to speak. On his way home from the interview, Carlson was interviewed by an Egyptian journalist who asked him about all the softball questions to, uh, that he threw at Putin. Here is Tucker Carlson's glib, smug, self-serving answer. You didn't talk about freedom of speech in, in Russia. You did not talk about Navalny, about assassinations, about, about the restrictions on uh, opposition in the coming uh, elections. I didn't talk about the things that every other American media outlet talks about. Why? Yes, this because is my those question. are covered, and because I have spent my life talking to people who run countries in various countries and have mm. concluded the following that every leader kills people, including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people. Sorry. That's why I wouldn't want to be a leader. See how it works? Carlson is a fascist. He's also the poster child for normalizing violence. All presidents kill, as though that's a necessary evil, as though killing is part of the job, and you and I are are children Uh, not to just accept the way of the world. It's a flippant, faux attempt at exuding ivory tower objectivity, but it's anything but. It's fascistic immorality disguised as polite and reasonable discourse. This is what fascists do. You, You trivialize violence. We should never accept that all leaders kill. You never accept that all nations invade other countries like Ukraine. Yes, all nations do a lot of bad things, especially ours. But we owe it to civilization not to normalize any of it by chalking it up to business as usual. The road to fascism is paved with cynicism, which tricks the easily tricked into lowering their standards and accepting very litter, very little from their dear leader. Now, Carlson's comments came right before the murder of Alexei Navalny, who was killed by Vladimir Putin inside the Polar Wolf prison north of the Arctic Circle in Siberia. Carlson condemned the murder, but Trump said nothing other than comparing Navalny's situation to his own. Donald Trump wouldn't dare call Putin what he is, a brutal dictator. What you're going to be hearing from Putin apologists here in America, Republicans, 
right-wingers, people like Tucker Carlson. What you're going to be hearing from people who are rooting against Ukraine, rooting for Vladimir Putin, what you're going to hear from Republicans and right-wingers who are on Putin's payroll, you're going to hear that Navalny was just as bad as Putin. This is a little trick of the mind they're going to play with you. You're going to hear that Navalny was just as bad as Putin. By saying Navalny was just as bad as Putin, they're doing, they're carrying Putin's water. You're going to hear that Navalny supported the war in Chechnya, that he was part of the Wall Street cabal that privatized and then stole Russia's state-run corporations, creating oligarchs with unlimited riches. You're going to hear that Navalny was an ultra-nationalist, a xenophobe who believed Ukraine belonged to Russia. You're going to hear that he supported the annexation of Crimea. And all of that may have been true at one time, but he evolved. He also opposed the kleptocracy permeating Putin's Russia. He also had evolved on many of his xenophobic nationalist stances. He was young at the time. He evolved the same way Bobby Kennedy evolved when he went from a diehard cold warrior to one of our most vocal critics against the Vietnam War. And like Navalny, he ended up dead. The trick the pro-Putin wing of the Republican Party is playing on you right now is saying Navalny wasn't any better than Putin. By saying that, they come across as objective instead of what they really are doing, and that is providing political cover for Putin while at the same time holding up the funding for Ukraine, which just had its worst military setback in more than a year. Ukraine is now losing. Putin is now winning. And the latest poll numbers suggest so is Trump. The polls right now do not look good for Joe Biden right now. If Biden loses, uh, Ukraine falls. Trump picks more Supreme Court justices, and we go back to fighting him inch by inch instead of doing all the big things that we started to do under Joe Biden, like getting off fossil fuels and making sure this economy grows from the bottom up. Biden isn't Bernie but he's turned out to be the most consequential president in my lifetime, and that includes Johnson. So, there are a lot of things we should be working on right now. Climate change, prison reform, the, hom- <clears throat> the homeless, arresting all the bankers. But that's not on the menu. I'm asking you to spend one hour a week. Don't talk to the MAGA morons. 
go to work for the Democratic Party and let's win this in November. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. If you enjoyed any of this temper tantrum, please share it with like-minded people. Thank you to Bob in the chat room for keeping the conversation uh, civilized. Please subscribe to this channel. Please subscribe to my newsletter. Please uh, do all the things that you, you know what to do. Thank you. All right. Go work for the Democratic Party. Thank you.